The following program contains coarse language and nudity. Discretion is advised. That's not causing trouble. <laughs> uh, so we're going to be we're going to have a podcast where we're clinking hard candy things against our teeth. AKA cough drops. Well, that's yes. what happens after the flu uh, plague that's going yeah. around. Yes. So, hey there, folks. This is Kristen Williams with another Trans Advocate podcast. And uh, we are here after the flu epidemic that has been sweeping the nation. Uh, at least two of uh, our podcasters are back from the dead. I'm holding be... strong. It didn't get me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's okay. I think I had enough for you, too. No. I'm not sure. <laughs> and so, of course, we have... Robin Mack. And Alexis. And so, uh, I, of course, I, last week, as you heard, uh, had the flu. And how are you doing, Alexis? I'm mostly back to normal. You know, voice <laughs> comes and goes every now and then. So if you hear a funky voice and all of a sudden it gets silent halfway through a sentence, well, uh-huh. that, that's why I have a cough drop in my mouth. It'll come Yeah, up. yeah. So we're sucking on cough drops. How are, how are things going? How are y'all doing? I think we're doing pretty amazing. We've been a little bit busy because with the OBT political caucus pack, got to get the pack in there. Ha, you know, we have to be legal on all this very stuff. Important. It is. It's totally different. One's a mm-hmm. C4, the other one is a pack. That's right. We've been screening candidates, and we have really seen a lot of amazingly good people who've never been in politics before. I'm actually yeah. really hopeful. Like, if this is what's happening everywhere else, we're going to have a great uh, primary. Oh, yeah. And, and if, if, you know, a good number of them win... I really am hopeful that things will turn around very rapidly because I've never seen a set of politicians that I think are this good. Now, both of you are uh, screening politicians, Yes. correct? Yes. Oh, I'm facilitating screening. Robin's one of the screeners. Mm-hmm. Oh. We have a, a bunch of others, too. Yeah, and you know, the worry was that we'd get some people who weren't all that good, that, that didn't really have a chance to win, those sorts of things. I just haven't seen that. I mean, there's a lot of first timers that have their careers together that have been able to put their head in the race and immediately have people get up under them and support them. And uh, there's even some people who said, you know, maybe they first saw it in their future because they were activists, but they just decided um, why wait, you know, and they jumped in now. We have 147 candidates. Oh my God! And, and, you know, How not, many are are you guys screening? About 82. 82 candidates. Yeah, we're about at, we're about so the third 80, of the way through. 82 candidates who want to actively sought out screening from a queer organization. You got them, and oh. some of them are Republicans in Texas, and some of them are Republicans. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We want to have good people to vote for on every side. Why not? Hell yeah. I mean, I've said this before, but, but my sort of dream election is one where I really don't care which candidate wins because they're both good. I've got one I like a little more. But, you know, maybe even day to day it goes back and forth. But, but I like them as opposed to dislike them less. I mean, I've had it where I didn't care who won because I disliked them both horribly. But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for the other end to show up sometime before I die. So far it hasn't. But it's a possibility this time. And, and these you know, the candidates... They start out, they're talking about various things, and then when you start to get their resumes and the background of the things they've done, these are real people mm-hmm. who've been out there mm-hmm. doing stuff mm-hmm. that is so impressive, it's unbelievable, mm-hmm. and they've just decided, you know, 
I need to give them out to the, the public. I need to go do this. And they, <laughs> these are the type of people that if they show up in Washington, they have the background to sort of say, no, this bullshit's got to stop and, <laughs> and, and actually stay with it. You know, because yep. sometimes the new people get sort of co-opted almost immediately. Oh, right, right. These are, these are new people to politics, but they aren't new people to doing <laughs> things. I mean, it, it, it's really amazing. I mean, you know, one of the candidates that we had spent most of the time talking about Planned Parenthood because that's what this person's done most of their life. Oh, fantastic. And, and, you know, and then other candidates, it's the same type thing. It's, it's accomplishments that they've had that they're like, no, we need to fix this. It, it's all being done wrong. Wow. And what I love about it is we're looking at, well, how do we keep voting accessible for all people, for seniors who aren't getting their mail-in votes? Or, um, can we do a mobile uh, voting unit at some point in Texas and Houston? Uh, we're looking at... How do you get the millennials to actually show up to vote? Because that's been missing, you Wait know? A second. So these these candidates are talking about those kinds of issues? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a, a sea change for <laughs> Texas politicians. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. And, and I mean, and, and, and what they're talking about is not like rhetoric. They have right. solutions. They know how it's going. They know what it's going to cost. They know where they're getting the money. Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking to governor candidates. There's a bunch of stuff that they want to do. And the question always is, so where are you going to get the money? And they just run down the list yep. and it's right. And they have a They're plan. They're like, we're doing a lot of stuff we don't need to be doing. And they have a lot of support. And the thing that was great for me is that these are really decent people. You hear a lot of the rhetoric. You see a lot of crap on the media. And I wouldn't necessarily want to be around those people. But when right. I'm doing the screening, these are really great people that, from what I can mm. tell. And then on top of it, um, they they have a plan that is beyond just themselves and their ego. They're, not one person came to the table saying, vote for me, vote for me, vote for me. It's okay, all about so me. This isn't Ted Cruz saying at, in college that he, his goal in life was to rule the world. Uh, no, these are people who are saying, I have plans that will alter the world. Oh. And That's alter really it for great. everyone in a good way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and the other thing is we, we don't go soft when we're screening. Right. Like most of the candidates talk about it being the most nervous screening or anything they ever do during their history. These have to be like practical plans. They because, can't just be like dreams. Because one, I have some uh, platitudes to throw out to you. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, like one of the governor's candidates, somebody asked a question and he gave a pat answer. And I'm like, you didn't answer the question. Would you answer the one we asked? Mm -hmm. At which point, like, okay. And goes back and answers it. Or if they say, my my values are your values. And we're like, great. What do you think our values are? And they're like, oh, well, let me think about this. Right? Like, yeah. So yeah. They, there are some catchphrases, but we just were like, okay, we'll go back and walk that out, you know? And, and so, you know, that, that's one of the, the nice things. And, and I think we do get a good look at them. Mm -hmm. I, I have to say just about everyone we've screened, there's maybe one that uh, this wouldn't apply to. But so far, and, and again, I'm facilitating, so I'm, I'm watching, not scoring, but uh, I also ask questions. But I've come away actually thinking a lot more of the candidate than I did when they came in. Every time. Mm -hmm. Every and, time. And that's sort of cool, because in past years when I've screened, and I've done screening for a long time, at least half the candidates, you know, after you talk to them, you're like, wow, I thought this was a good person when they came in the door. So I've got a kind of a left-field question that... 
Um, so you should I'm, be screening. That's what we can tend to do with it. <laughs> well, I, I've got a... So um, I understand in North Carolina, they, the courts threw out their district maps and they have to redraw the districts. I understand that that just happened here in Texas. So how does that affect yes and no. all of this stuff? What's going on with that? Well, the courts threw out some of the district maps. Uh-huh. That second part, the courts didn't say. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Okay, so the district maps, the districts for people who are running for office. The ones or, that were gerrymandered like crazy. Yes, and so they are running for office. Presumably, you're, you're screening people who are running in some of those districts. Possibly. Oh, absolutely. So those maps have been thrown out, and so now what? Do, do they just not have districts? No, or? what happens is... It's believed that what is happening is, for this election, they're going to stay the way they are. Well, how, how can that be? If those... Because if those the federal judge ma- said so. Okay, so the, the, <laughs> you're saying that the federal judge said, okay, I'm going to throw out these maps, so use these maps. This time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because, I mean, the question is, gosh, how long do we have to redraw them, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. And it, it happened here really close to the election. Okay, okay. So you're saying that this is not <laughs> like the North Carolina situation where the... the... Texas Texas delayed longer, I think, okay, or did better okay, delay. Okay, I okay. may be wrong. Okay, because the North Carolina, their judge said, nope, you have six weeks to do this, and you have to do it. And I think that would have really been fun in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I... Because I, I, here's the thing. I want you to think about this for a minute. If he said that, mm-hmm. what would happen? I think a lot of Republicans would be shitting their pants and trying to figure would out. Would they? I what think... happens? Nope, you're missing something. First thing that happens is the governor has to call a special session. Oh. oh. Don't like it so much anymore, do you? Oh. So, so I think the opposition to leaving it in place was a little bit hesitant mm. to jump in and say, oh, let's go do another mm. special session. That one was so much fun with all those laws right, we hated. Right, right, so right, right. I, I think it was sort of this... Well, maybe we don't want to push it too hard right this Every, second. Everyone's calendar just got back to a regular <laughs> after yeah, the last and, special and, you know, session. You, you know there were groups that, sitting up there in Oklahoma and other parts of the country that were salivating on getting to introduce their next 150 anti-whatever laws. <laughs> okay. So, so, so you know, there's, there's a downside sometimes <laughs> to this. And theoretically, he would call the special session only to do uh, redistricting, but he called the last special session only to do finance, and then immediately uh, the course, lieutenant the governor said, "Oh, we need stuff. to add these to it." And the right, governor said, right. "No mm-hmm. problem, throw those turkeys in here." Oh no! Right, right, yeah, that would be pretty awful. Exactly. So the question is: Is the bad district for another year awful, or mm. is special session awful? And which awful do you want? So okay, so let's say that we come through this election. And we have a slate of new people, hopefully people who uh, don't hate us and who like the idea of equality and justice. Let's say that that happens. And uh, district maps are redrawn. So what does that mean for them? I mean, is it possible to have someone elected and then them just have no office after the uh, maps are drawn? It could be they could be dis- they could be redistricted out. Several people had that, but you don't lose your seat per se usually. 
Ah, now, yeah. I mean, is that it, possible? Of course. Oh. Anything's possible. It's squirrely politics. Gotcha. Gotcha. But and and how is how so is it the Texas legislature that uh, redraws the it map? It is. And so if we have better Texas legislature, we might like it. Okay, so the Texas legislature meets how how often? 140 days every two years. Two years. So okay, not so not this year. That not this year. So it would be the year following. Exactly. So 2019, there would be a right. I mean, what maps. happens is this is the year that you get elected to the legislature. Gotcha. So we'll have a new legislature come January one, and they immediately gotcha. go to work. Okay. And then they work through 19, but you don't get elected in 19. But then they. Toward, after they do their legislative session in the spring, they start running for office because 20 is when they get elected again. Gotcha. Okay. And then the okay. Senate has staggered terms, so the Senate's a little bit different, Texas Senate. But the, the House of Representatives in Texas, you're either running for office or you're in session, one of the two. Okay. Okay. And are we... Uh, and they are, get paid almost nothing. I mean, here, here, in, here locally, do we have like... County seats or, or city seats or anything that people are running for? We've got or is it all national? Uh, we have we have national, we have local, we have judges. This is one of the reasons we had to split things up. We have, uh, with the caucus, there are three groups screening just judges. They've split the judges into like criminal and JPs in one, uh, civil in another, and then probate and actually there's Okay, so just just to make, I, I want to understand what you're saying. You're saying that judges here in Texas, they're not appointed, or they're not just like jobs you interview for. Judges are politicians. You're saying absolutely. So so and theor uh, theor theoretically, it's nonpartisan, but it's as partisan as anything you'll ever see in your life. So so you're saying that our justice here in Texas is a popularity vote. Our justice system, the people who are elected to carry out the, the law and to mete out justice, those are politicians who are elected to office who have to run political campaigns. That's what you're saying? Absolutely, positively. And what I would say is those are the people you're most likely to have to interface with officially. And they're also ignored their down ballot. They just get carried along with everyone else normally. You're saying that these judges are elected. What about other uh, kinds of, like, people who push paper? And, and there is someone who is elected that runs everything that affects your life. And, you know, if you look at it, the city has the least So you're talking about law enforcement? What about, like, the, garbage pickup? And Well, let, let's run through that real quick. Okay. So, so if we talk county, we okay, have the county sure, sheriff. Sure, the county sure, sheriff right. is elected. That's the chief law enforcement officer of the county. The secondary and actually the oldest law enforcement officers in the county as far as Texas goes, because they actually existed before Texas did as a republic, are the constables. They're elected. So, okay, so those two. Then if you talk about the city, the city is a little bit different because they decided to do things differently. Now, what, uh, before you move on from law enforcement, I understand that, like, the sheriff is the most important or most powerful law enforcement person there is like their their authority trumps like city cops. everyone if they if they want to but basically in the texas constitution the sheriff is currently the uh, 
chief law enforcement officer of a county. And the mm. sheriff can then say, I need your police officers, I need your deputies, I need all of this stuff to work for me now. And they oh. have to go do it. Oh, okay. So that's a very important office. <laughs> oh, it's a big time important <laughs> office. And, you know, the sheriff is an elected official, so he has the same status as, say, the county judge, et cetera. I mean, they're, the only difference is the county judge and the county commissioners set their budgets, and sometimes they get into budget arguments, but it's sort of like the DA. The DA is elected in Texas. Okay. The DA is a city employee? Nope. DA is county. It's county? Yep. DA is the county district attorney. The district okay. attorney decides who goes to jail and who goes to court and who goes to everywhere. Now, are you talking about Kim Ogg? That would be Kim Ogg. Okay. okay. A very, very powerful person if you get arrested. Gotcha. We'll time, walk out why. Well, from the time you're arrested, quite literally, she gets to decide how you're treated. Now, the sheriff runs the jails and those things. But the DA decides whether you're going to be charged, what you're going to be charged with, whether they're going to oppose bail, not oppose bail, how quickly you get into court usually because they can delay it or they can extend it out, um, how, what she's going to ask for as far as sentencing, whether she's going to be okay with going to a diversionary program or something like that. That's all the DA's decision. Let's say you're trans. Does she get to say what cell you get to be held in if you have no, to be held? No, that is the sheriff is, is housing them, and, but that mm -hmm. is the sheriff mm -hmm. that does that. Once again, okay. that other elected official. So these, okay, so, okay, <laughs> and, gotcha. And, you know, this is why... You really need to vote, and <laughs> you really do. Well, let's let's just say I just want to change my gender marker or my birth certificate, or I finally got married. Like, who do I deal with then? Okay, any judge can do that, and you know, if you're talking doing it civilly, any judge can do it. The key is that in Texas, changing gender marker and name is at the discretion of the judge. We don't have right, a law that right. says you have a right, and that's a real big problem. So. Generally, if you get a Democratic judge, you're good to go. If you get a Republican judge, you maybe aren't good to go because there'll be some people who show up in the courtroom when they hear there's a case like this and sort of do the intimidation mm -hmm. factor, which I would think the judges would be unhappy about. And some of them are, but some of them are worried that they won't get support for re-election if they kick the people out of their courtroom for doing so this that. Ha does this have anything to do with a person named Hotsey? No, not really. It's Jared Woodfull who works oh, for Hotsey for practical okay, purposes. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> so this is this is the guy who's covering up a pedophilia. That's thing. the one. Yep, yep, oh, okay, that, that's okay. him. But he'll show yeah. up in courtrooms and sit there and scowl at the judge if someone asks for a gender marker change and shake their head. And that's happened three or four times that we know of. Wow. And you know the key though is. You can ask the judge if he is okay with doing gender marker changes. If they lie to you, they have a problem. They usually will say, no, I'm not. You can then ask for a change of venue. Mm -hmm. And they will mm -hmm. either grant it or the next court up will because even if they don't like you or don't like what's going on, that's, that's now into the system. They don't want to be... They don't want this to go to the Supreme Court. You just set it up to go as far as you want to go with it until someone says okay. And I think that's generally what people ask. Like if you are you know, looking to get your name, gender marker, or birth certificates or marriage licenses, you know, altered, um, one of the first questions is, how do you do that? And who's going to be your ally in that? And where do you go? And with the whole bathroom bill situation on, like, how do we tell who's going to go into which bathroom? Well, we'll just use ID or documentation. Like, what if they don't match? And one of the things that they just so flippantly offered when they were debating this is, oh, well, people will just get their 
documents changed. It's no big deal, <laughs> but it's actually a bigger deal than they were than they were making it. Like it's actually fewer people are able to to get it completed than they think. Well, and and part of the problem is it's the hassle factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the fact is that some jurisdictions like Austin it's really hard to find someone who wouldn't change right, it. Right, exactly. In Houston, well, it's pretty easy. Now, there are ways to get around it, but not everyone knows that, and so, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a bit of a problem. So let, let's keep going where we were going, though. So you got another entity here, too. We talked about DA. We talked about, you know, all the elected officials. Right. But then we have the city, and the city is a little bit different. Okay. Because city law enforcement is hired. Right. They're hired by the mayor and city council, who are, oh, wait, elected. Elected. Gotcha. <laughs> Now, okay. usually the mayor's race runs off years, except right now they're trying to decide whether the mayor has a four-year term or a two-year term because of the way the election was held <laughs> in that. And so nobody knows when the next city election is going to be. So are are any of the city officials coming up for election this next election you know of? There are a couple <clears throat> of city officials, I think, but not much at all. This okay. isn't a major city so, election. Uh, and so this next election that's coming up, is, is this, so will there be, like, you mentioned sheriffs, law enforcement, constables, you know, are what kind of people will be uh, electable this coming? Okay, in, this next, in the next election statewide, you start at the top. Okay. Uh, well, let's start at the very top. Okay. Uh, we have a U.S. senator that's up for re-election now. It's currently the position is currently occupied by Ted Cruz. Hopefully, it won't be after this. That's just my personal mm-hmm. opinion. I should not have said that, but I did. <laughs> well, and Kristen won't bother opinion. to cut it out. <laughs> uh, but you know, so we have U.S. senators. We have U.S. representatives. Uh-huh. All of the representatives from Texas are up for election. They they are every okay. two years. So we've got a senator that people are going to look at voting for. Yeah, and, and, you know, and and there are Republicans running against uh, Senator Cruz, and there are Democrats that are going to plan to run against him in the general election because this is a primary. There are also uh, some Green Party people that are running. Good luck in a first-past-the-post situation. You know, it's like, and there's libertarians that are running. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> okay. And so, so you know, I mean, there there are people of every kind, and there are some independents that are running in all these. Then, then so the big race or the the big concentration of candidates are in the House of Representatives races because a lot of those races have like seven or eight Republicans and seven or eight Democrats running in the primaries. This is a lot of people. Now the so okay. So is is it a good sign that like lots of Republicans are running against the incumbent for the the seat? Are are these like horrible people who are running against this, and they might be even worse? Or maybe oh now, but the ones that we're seeing, and, and that would be somewhat selective because they're the only ones that want to talk to <laughs> I'm us. I'm just like Jesus. Are what pretty does that liberal even look Republicans. Like? Okay. But but about half of them don't really, you know, half of them are like, well, thank you for inviting me. No, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not surprising. I mean, there, right. there are certainly Republicans that it would be a, a detriment to screen with the Houston GOBT political caucus, especially if they got it. And so, <laughs> but, but there's other people that if I look at their forms that they fill out, they're perfectly fine. I mean, they mm-hmm. aren't quite as liberal as some of the Democrats, but I'm not sure you can exist as liberal as some of the Democrat forms. <laughs> you know, I, it, it's as far to the left as you can go, which I'm also uncomfortable with. I, I like middle type people, but they're very middle of the road. I mean, like there was one that I just really liked their answer. Uh, one of our questions is, have 
have you supported anyone who is anti-GOBT? And his answer was, I don't know. I supported Trump, but at the time I thought he was pro-GOBT, <laughs> but I have no clue what the man stands for. Now, this is the Republican, mind you. Well, That's pretty fair. i, I, I got to be okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't know. And, and the rest of his, his answers were very good. You know, he, mm -hmm. he's pretty darn liberal, except he's fiscally conservative. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I have no problem with that. And, and I, so, so, you know, it, it, it will be interesting. There, there's never been this many people run across the country before. Really? Yeah. This is, it's almost like four times as many as have ever run for office. In Texas, it's even worse than that. Wow. Wow. So, <laughs> I mean, but Texas is, I'm always hearing this like myth or this, this hope that Texas is becoming purple. Oh, I think Texas was purple. Um, you know, I mean, there, there were, that turnout sucked last time in certain areas. I'm oh, not going to yes. go into where that was. And when I say certain areas, I'm talking about demographics, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Texas was actually probably winnable from the Democrats had they done a few things differently. It mm -hmm. wasn't a blowout like people thought it would be. Um, as far as the state offices go, the Republicans got a lot of state offices that they probably wouldn't have gotten had the cities coordinated a little bit. Because, you know, sometimes there was an office, let, let's say, one of the Supreme Court positions, for instance. Okay. And yes, the, the Texas Supreme Court are elected. Well, they're pretty awful. Yeah, they are. I mean, whenever <laughs> it comes to transitions. Well, they, they have a lot of money that comes out of that same person that sits in the courtroom we're talking about. Oh. And so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, so, you know, in that sort of situation, what frequently happens is Houston will have someone that they like. Okay. Dallas will have someone they like. El Paso will have someone they like. Austin will have someone they like. And so the person that none of us likes wins because we split <laughs> the vote on the rest of them trying to get them in. And so, you know, it, it's something that I, I hope we're coordinating a little bit better this year. I may be wrong, but we'll see. The indivisible groups are trying to coordinate that. Because wait, wait, wait. What is an... A you said divisible groups? Indivisible groups. Indivisible. The activist folks are doing lots of coordination, and that's a good thing. So what is, what is that group? What? You guys will have to look that one up. I'm not going to talk. It's not my group. Well, I and I wonder know. just, you know, with the new, there's always been activists, but with the new um, flow starting of last year with the Women's March, and they're doing it again mm, this year, mm -hmm. and they kept a lot of uh, activist fire going around the nation. I wonder just how many people are going to be even more supported this this time when they run because of these activists. I think a lot of them. And in fact, an awful lot of the people running come out of these groups. Really? So these are these are activist like community people, not like Oh yes. I mean, these are the people that go stand outside of Ted Cruz's office every Tuesday. <laughs> right. They, they have this. They have this Tuesday party, and they put out a call, for instance, last week, saying we need some people that haven't been out there because we need to do some things. But they ignore us because we've been there too much. So we need like four people that they won't know to go in and deliver this message. And they had like thirty show up, <laughs> which is fine. You know, they 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 did what they needed to do, and and this happens, and it's coordinated very well. Well, a couple of the people that. Uh, we're standing outside Cruz's office every Tuesday are running for the state Senate and well, and the state house here. Oh, wow. But I, I've, I, and they're still just... standing outside every Tuesday, by the way. <laughs> it's just that they have campaign signs now. Nice. 
Nice. Well, I think and, it was a very common comment where people said, you know, um, if they were first time running, I'm, I'm not a politician. They're like, I'm not. I'm just, I really am, you know, like everyone else and I'm willing to do something about it now. So it would be wrong to think of me that way. But once you throw your hat in, you kind of are and you're starting that path. But they don't have years upon years upon years of uh, built up, you know, thoughts behind them and built up uh, angst or fans or whatever. They're just people like us that decided to throw their hat in the ring. And the nice, nice thing is when you're screening, you ask them questions that the politicians will give you this sort of really smooth, you know, 42 second line so that you have time for the question plus the rest of it in a one minute soundbite. They're like, wow, that's a good question. Let me think about this. I think it's this, you know, and that's good. I mean, it's sort of like they haven't really done this before. And, and if they don't have an answer, they're always willing to say, I'm going to have a good team, you know, to, that I'm going to trust, that I'm going to work with, that I'm going to, yeah. you know, look to for the answers. Like, they're willing to not know it all. I love that about them, too. Right. And, and you know, I'm okay with them not having a political system answer if they have answers to solving problems. You know, like, like the big thing in Houston is that... Uh, we do have a lot of people that are interested in flooding suddenly. Oh, right. Uh-huh. And just about every one of the candidates that would have anything to do with local flooding has some solutions. And the governor's <laughs> candidates have solutions. Some of them I haven't heard before, but they sound pretty good. And they know how they're going to fund them. They are not looking to the federal government to fund them, even though they say they're going to go after the federal government because a lot of it's their stuff. And it, it you know. In one case, one candidate was saying, I don't know whether this, 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 or this, and named several different solutions are the best ones, but maybe we pick two or three and just do them. He's like, you know, because we can't study anymore. We're done studying. We have all the studies in the world. We actually have to do something. He said this. You know, it would be interesting to get a couple of these candidates on our podcast. It would. I think they're really busy right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think, you know, maybe the other side of it, too, is that right now we're up to, I think, 54 GLBT candidates that are running for office in Texas. Wow. That are openly running for office, and by openly, there there are some people who are in the closet and don't want to be outed or anything like mm-hmm. that. And, and when you add those, and it runs up closer to eighty. Well, if they're in the closet, but they're at, you know they're still supportive of uh, equality for everybody. You know that's their own business. As if if you're in the closet and you're actively like fighting against my equality, that's a problem. It is, and, and there are a couple that I don't think would be my favorite candidates. <laughs> I mean, you know, like it or not, there there are a good number of people in the trans community here that are not liberal at all. They are probably some mm. of the most conservative people I know, and that's fine because guess what? We're a spectrum like everyone else. Right, right, right. And, and so, you know, there are people I probably wouldn't vote for even if they're trans, <laughs> uh, but the, there's an awful lot of people that I would vote for. Huh. That's and, just so weird. And one of the things that's sort of weird in Texas, um, if you're running for U.S. Congress, you have to live in Texas. Okay. You, you don't have to live in the district. And so we Wait, have... Wait, what? Exactly. You do not have to live in the district that you're running for. You Just don't... Texas. You, you can... Okay. Wait. So you can what? live in El Paso and run for a Texarkana congressional district. What? You that's may crazy. You may have never been to that Texarkana. Is, that's bonkers. What? I... I we, we, okay, have someone, a... we have someone who lives in Houston. Okay. Who's running for a Corpus Christi congressional district. Who's trans. 
That would so, be that's we aren't going to yes. mention any of those. Okay, I, I know who that is. Exactly. Now, I first looked at it. And I'm like, well, did, did she move? And then I'm like, oh wait. And I look up the address <laughs> that's on file, and I'm like, nope, she still lives in Houston. <laughs> now, most of the candidates will actually get a house there because they're like, I'm going to have to be gotcha. there anyway and, and that stuff. And most of them do live in their district or have. Like there's one person who lives a half a block outside their district, but that's because it was redistricted and they were mm -hmm. in the district mm -hmm. all their life until this last redistricting. And suddenly they're a half a block away and they're like, I'm not going to buy a new house. I still live <laughs> right. in the place. These are still the people I grew up with, et cetera. I'm okay with that. But yeah, on the... the Federal offices, you know, like, well, Senate obviously is a statewide, so you can live any place, but then you can also live any place and run for any congressional district. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah, and I didn't know that till this year, actually. Wow. I, I did not know that. I didn't know half of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm sure there's a ton of stuff that we, we're going to learn the next time we interview this weekend, you right, know? Right. So, uh, okay, so kind of switching gears a little bit from elections to the consequences of elections and some of the things that are happening specifically to our community as a result of a recent election. I just saw today that I, I saw two troubling headlines um, come up and one was um, that if you're trans and you need emergency care, now you have to wonder and worry if the person that arrives on scene is going to care for you I because I saw the article. It says basically the Trump administration is going to protect healthcare workers who decide they do not want to do abortions or assist with abortions or treat trans people because of their quote, sincerely believe beliefs. Now, I mean, our community, we've had people die because they needed an emergency care and ambulance people showed up on the scene and found out that the person is trans and just refused to provide them services. Um, and this was certainly before the Obama era. Are you, does that mean that we're back? We're, we're back. We're dealing with that kind of stuff no, now. I've only seen one article and that was today. And, that seems to be what the federal government is saying. Now, the other side of it is that there are fortunately intervening things. For instance, the ambulance services do not work for the federal government. They work for the county, generally. Oh, well, what about Houston, like private? You, you've got a lot of private uh, ambulances. Absolutely. And they work for the private companies. And hopefully their policies will take care of that. But that's, you notice it had the word hopefully, hopefully. in there. I, I don't like this. I, I this 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 is kind of really concerning and scary to me, because I thought we, you know I had hoped that our society had moved past the the point where I had to not if if I get run over by a car or something you know that's a horrible thing to happen and that's traumatic and stressful and everything, but to add on to all of that, oh gosh. You know, am I going to roll the dice and, and find a bigot to come to my aid and have to deal with that now? Well, the interesting thing is this is just after having good old Harvey or Hurricane here. Well, exactly. And, and checking all the shelters and the, shelter, the shelters for the first time were not discriminating. 
Right. And the medical services associated with it were not discriminating. Right, right, right. And, and so we had all that. So the county, okay, our county, so, is so in good shape. Here in the Houston area, that, that's one thing. That's why I'm saying in Houston, not driving outside like, the loop. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, outside the loop in uh, Oklahoma, in, you know, other areas. Wow. Okay. And so the other news headline that had me concerned was that apparently the Trump administration has decided that uh, trans kids do not deserve any protections. That's what I heard. I didn't read the article because I didn't ever, I didn't find the article, but uh, you know, it, it, figuring out what the Trump administration has decided is an almost impossibility. (laughs) And and my only, my only hope is that we actually do get a wave of good people in Congress who just tell him, this isn't going to happen. You need to stop what you're doing. And, you know, I don't think Trump actually has an agenda. I think Trump has a, today, this is what I'm going to do to screw people around and doesn't care about other people at all. Mm-hmm. And so it may be more easily reversible than with someone who had an agenda. Oh, so you're saying that it's possible that the people that Trump has put in place, for instance, the person who's running the education department who, um, you know, has backed away from protecting trans kids. Um, and, and backed away from science and math. Yes, all of those <laughs> things that it's possible that um, if we get a wave of new people who do care about justice and equality, that they will be able to... Uh, using political wrangling, um, kind of uh, coerce (laughs) or uh, herd Trump towards uh, not discriminating? Well, you know, this, this, as we're sitting here now, right now, there, there is one of those things going on, if you will. Right, with DACA. With DACA and the budget. Uh, Okay, yeah. You know, I don't think the Trump administration cares about DACA or the kids, but oh, what yeah. they do care about is getting money. Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. Congress controls the money. Right. And if the education department isn't doing what Congress wants, Congress can say, you know, <laughs> I don't think we're going to give uh, you any money. Uh, okay. So just, just, okay. So here's another one of those political election questions. So when you say Congress, do you just mean the house or do you mean the house and Senate? Both. I mean, Every revenue bill of any mm-hmm, sort has mm-hmm. to come from the House. It starts at the House. The House has to come in and put together what they want. But the Senate then has to agree. Okay. Okay. So let's just say that new people come in, the, uh, the House and Senate flip, and uh, we have people who, who make up the majority who care about justice and equality. And they look at the situations going on. They say, okay, Education Department, um, you know, you, you're not going to get spending unless you are, or here's your bill, your, your funding bill, but it also has this little part in here that says you will do these things. And those are questionable because there's only a certain level that they can actually force the president to do something. It is the president. They won't say education department. They'll say White House. 
gotcha. you know, you're going to have some trouble getting this through. We're going to maybe split it into other bills. Maybe we'll pass a whole bunch of stuff, but we're going to hang on to your defense funding, fund, your defense sp- funding until you get this education stuff straightened out. Uh, we'll just do a month-to-month defense thing. <laughs> we'll discuss it every month. That's what they're doing right now with the entire budget. Um, and the reason is because now that we're out of this ridiculous reconciliation stuff in the mm-hmm. Senate, it takes 60 votes to get most things through. Otherwise, it can be filibustered. Oh. And so th- that's, that's why the Democrats suddenly have some power right now. If the House flips, it's even easier because the House is the one that does the first bills. They'll just not put it in there. Yeah, and, and so especially, you know, register, vote on the trans advocate we have, uh, kind of a schedule of when you need to be registered to be able to vote in primaries and in the election and in runoffs. Um, I will certainly link that in the um, in the show notes. Um, but uh, you you have got to vote. However, you're going to vote. You have to vote. I understand that there was an election recently that was won by one vote. Oh yeah. Well, and also if you register online, uh, it's been mentioned on the podcast before to keep a copy of that, you yes. know, print out a copy for yourself. Yeah. If you go to that schedule of dates and, um, and deadlines, there is a form that you can use uh, where you can look up your state. And if your state has online registration, it will take you through that process right there at the Trans Advocate where it will register you. Um, and, and if, if your state does not have that process, it will take you through, um, present you with, um, the registration form and it'll help you fill that out. You can print it out, you can, um, and then go register and it'll tell you how you can do that, uh, and give you all the instructions and kind of take you step by step through that process. Um, but the point is you need to be registered. And you have got to vote. Our community cannot endure uh, going backwards anymore. I mean, the, the thought that we are now living in an era, again, where I have to consider, am I or am I not going to get a vit- bigot if I, you know, get into a car crash or have a heart attack or something like that? That's that's a horrible thing, you know, that our trans kids are not being protected in school anymore. That's a that's horrible. And, you know, we we the that that happens directly because people don't vote. I know in Texas, more than half of the registered voters didn't vote last time around. Way more than half. And all it took was like two to three percent more voting. And, and Hillary would have won, they don't and have, all of this would have been opposite. Yeah, I, that, that's why I just don't understand when people say they don't have time to vote or they didn't make time to vote. It's like you, you, you don't have, have to really think through the consequences. You well, don't have or time even yourself, for your health You know, and, and and you know, there's a there are a lot of people in the trans community and the in the broader GLBT community who haven't had to deal with this before, mm-hmm. and it really mm-hmm. makes me sad that they're going to have to deal with it now. I saw. Uh, I don't know what show it was on, but George Will was talking. And, you know, he, I, I happen to think George Will has very well-developed ideas. Whether I agree with him or not, mm-hmm. it, 
you know, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but they're very well developed. And the, the subject of impeachment comes up, and George Will says, I don't think Donald Trump should be impeached. The American people elected this situation. <laughs> this situation. And they should get to experience it in all of its glory. And they should experience the full four years of it so that we will not be tempted to do this again. One of the things that had kept me afloat this time last year was asking my elders, like, what do you think? You know, people who have seen multiple presidents come and go, and and a few of them said, well, it's not going to be great, but I've lived through horrible presidents before. You know, and, and, and th- that stuck with them. You know, we shouldn't just immediately be relieved of some of the crap that we elected, I guess. You know, that's that's an interesting idea that I haven't heard of yet. I, it's you know? the first I'd heard of. Well, yeah. George Will frequently does that. That's yeah. why. It, and I believe he also followed on with uh, commenting that this is the first president who hasn't tried to do good for the country. Oh, yeah. Well, he does not care about the country, cares about himself yeah. only. <laughs> Well, I mean, you ask any of his 30% of his supporters and they will say all he cares about is his is the community and doing good for the community and and how awesome he is and all of the good things that he's doing. And fortunately for them, they don't live in a fact-based world because <laughs> finding facts to support that opinion <laughs> Would be really, really I, difficult. I noticed recently that Facebook apparently has ch- has like altered its algorithm, and suddenly I'm seeing like friends that are coming out of the woodwork that are like rabid Trump supporters and posting memes and all this I, I, kind I thought, of stuff. I you said friends. Yeah, well, I like these are people that I had friended that I you know, hadn't seen in my news feed for a long time. I, I didn't even recall, but all of a sudden I'm seeing these pro-Trump memes and all this stuff, and I'm like, wait a second, okay, this meme says these four fact assertions. Okay, all of these four fact assertions are demonstrably false. Why are you spreading these misinformation? Yeah, and Because they don't care. Well, and there's also an uprise of people going and anywhere where it talks about trans issues or has the word transgender, they, there's a lot of um, hecklers throughout the threads that say this, these are just made up notions. Being trans is just, it's just made up. They just make it up. Hmm. That's a new, it's not new, but there's an increase in people going around saying there's no, there's no real issue here because trans people are just made up. I, I, I sometimes wonder, you know, I sometimes wonder now, is that a real gauge of our culture or is it, you know, are these sock puppets, are these bots, are these Okay, but, you know, my tell. opinion is that these people have always been around. No, I'm sure, sure, you, you, sure. You know, all of us that have been around for any time have run into one every now and then. Of course. The difference is that they feel empowered now because that's right. they yes. have someone at the, as a leader that says, this is okay, you can be this way, and they just come out in all their glory. I mean, that's why we had the white supremacist march because well, yeah, they felt like you, they were empowered. Now, they didn't like the results. All of the Nazis were dressed just like Donald Trump. They oh, were imagine that. They were wearing his uniform. Imagine that. I wonder, huh? Hmm. You know, and, and, and I think, you know, that that's the thing. And, and 
after listening to George Will's comment, I'm like, maybe we do need four years of this. <laughs> and and maybe we need to suffer. I wish I wasn't. I you know, I I, I learned wish this I lesson didn't before. Have to personally suffer yes, for but, the stupidity of others, but But you know, there the lack of voting for others. Yes. Well, and that's the thing. We have to and it's not only we, not only me, and it's not only adults, but it's our queer children who are in schools suffering because they didn't even know, get a chance to vote they, yeah they didn't get to vote but the people you know who it, could have been voting but decided to you know play a video game or watch mm-hmm. tv or play on their phone or pout mm-hmm. because or pout. their particular candidate lost in the primaries or, or right. whatever right. whatever excuse it was they cared more about that excuse than these kids I mean, I mean even, and that's the even truth the people of it. who say like I could I just couldn't bring myself to pick between these two horrible these two horrible well, uh, two selections. Evils. It's like, well, I mean, they're gonna hopefully oh, trust me. I know I that mean, one. They're still gonna be impacted <laughs> by their care providers and by their educational funds or lack of music well, funds or lack of art funds. I mean, they're they're gonna be impacted by th- whoever gets the seat. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and you know, it, it's a couple of the people at the unity banquet made it really clear elections have consequences they can really mess with your lives absolutely but, but one of the indicators that is very interesting we had a school board election or it was mainly school board this last fall that here in houston well there were some runoffs there were as many people who showed up to vote in the runoffs in districts that didn't have runoffs <laughs> as there were in the ones that did have runoffs because people there are a lot of in fact more people showed up to vote when there was no runoff in their district than showed up in four years ago school board election (laughs) and the numbers aren't good because all they did was talk to the election judges who started making notes of it just because they thought it was interesting (laughs) because a lot of people were showing up to vote and so it I think people are interested in voting. I think people are like, oh, no, there's an election. I'm going to go vote. <laughs> oh, yeah. there's that one for there's my area. There's a to be oh, paid. Okay. doesn't matter. I am going to go. And that's good. I mean, it, it, <laughs> if that, I hope that that's an indicator because uh, there were pretty big numbers. So it just occurred to me something. What happens if uh, you've registered, you've done all your stuff, you go to the polls, and they're like, oh, you can't vote? Well, I, I know that that's happened. Like, uh, I know some trans people who... You know, they're like, I I have a friend uh, who I went with her because she was scared to vote. Uh So she went to her precinct to vote. They're like, oh, no, we have you in this other precinct. So they go over to this other precinct. They go to this precinct and they're like, oh, no, we have you over here. So they go over to this other precinct and they're like, oh, well, we don't have anything. But here's a provisional ballot right now. That's the standard voter suppression runaround that that Mm -hmm, happens, mm -hmm. and it's done by election workers usually. So if at the first precinct you ask to speak to the election judge. Okay, explain what an election judge is. The election judge is the person running that election, and in Texas they have a lot of interesting power because the election judge, when they're running the election, has exactly the same authority as a district judge. exactly the same authority think about this for a minute he's a judge for a day wow or she and so you asked to speak to the election judge the election judge is the one in charge so are are they there at the poll or they they... better be there at the polls and if not there's an alternate judge who would then be in charge 
and they will take care of your situation too. Normally, you are going to find that if you talk to the election judge, they play things by the rules. The reason is they can go to jail if they don't. Oh. Because they're the ones that are responsible for making sure that election goes the way it should go. You complain to the election judge. Look around. See if there's a poll watcher anywhere. They'll have a badge on that says poll watcher. If yeah. there's a poll watcher, make sure they hear. Wait, wait. wait. What I'll, is a I'll poll get there in a watcher? second. Just make sure they hear everything you say. What a poll watcher is, any candidate can put mm. one or more people in any polls to watch how the elections run to make sure that it's run well. Oh, so they're like integrity people. Absolutely. People see. Okay. And there's training uh-huh. they have to do and all like that. But okay. then the candidate signs their form and they walk in, they hand it to the election judge. And most election judges are like, oh, no, one of you people. <laughs> but statutorily, they have a right to okay. watch. There are okay. some rules on how they do it, et cetera. So if there's a poll watcher and you complain and the poll watcher then goes over to the judge and says something like, that's a problem. The judge has to fill out this very large form. <laughs> And then the judge has to call in to the county clerk (laughs) and has to explain it and then send in the form to the county clerk. So the judge is now doing paperwork. (laughs) Lots of paperwork. (laughs) Now, the judge may decide it's a problem on their own, fill out the form and do that if you just Mm -hmm. talk to the judge. Mm -hmm. But if a poll watcher says problem, Mm -hmm. it is required that they do this. after a while, they get tired of doing this if they're doing things wrong all along. Because <laughs> the poll watcher is probably going to be reporting back to their candidate. Almost every one of the candidates has lawyers waiting for so poll watcher a complaints. So a poll watcher, are they going to have a, like a special like outfit or nope, a button nope, or something? Nope. They'll just have a badge that says poll watcher on oh, it. Oh, so they have a badge. Yeah, okay, it'll so, be like a stick-on okay. sticker badge that says poll watcher okay. and who they're watching for. doesn't matter who they're watching for. Most poll watchers want the election to run smoothly and appropriately, mm-hmm, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Even if they think you're voting for not their candidate. I mean, because gotcha. that, that's pretty much what the poll watchers are there for. So you have all of that. So let's say none of that works. Oh, okay. And you don't get to vote because you <laughs> okay. might not, you know, all right. then do the provisional ballot. But there's something you need to know about a provisional ballot in Texas. What? That just registers your vote. It doesn't vote. You have to, if you have a provisional ballot, you have to show up at the county clerk's office within six days or that ballot won't be counted. Well, interestingly, the when the the story I told you, yes, they didn't tell her that. Sometimes they forget. I think. Oh, they now they th- this is a little bit of a problem. Uh, <laughs> now there are certain situations. For instance, in Texas, uh, the DPS was registering people to vote, and it turns out that it was found that the DPS was forgetting to forward those registrations to the county clerks. Forgetting. Oh. Yes, forgetting. And actually, I think they were forgetting, honestly. The way <laughs> okay. I, I think this like, might be a legitimate, really not on busy. purpose, forget. <laughs> okay. Because their, their system was really kludgy on how they had to do this. Okay. And so if you said, well, I registered at the DPS, they would give you a provisional ballot. It would say they were supposed to write on it DPS registration. Those you didn't have to show up in six oh, days. I see, I see. I mean, that was sort of like the magic word because everybody knew. It was, it gotcha. was a huge problem. Gotcha. And then they fixed the system, so the system automatically forwarded them to the various county clerks. And that's become less of a problem, but it's still a little bit of a problem. So what do you do if you walk up there? Um, okay, you have ID. So in Texas, I understand it's the law, isn't it, that you have to have a valid driver's license to vote? No. You have to have one of the various valid IDs, and there are like six or seven of them, or you have to have 
some other thing that says you live at the address, like a water bill or an electric bill or something like that with your so, name so on it. So you're saying if I don't have an ID, but I have uh, an electric bill or something that has my name on it at that address, I can, I what, I just go there and say, this is my bill. This I, is what I, I have. Really? Okay. Yes. And what they will do is they will give you something to sign to say that there's a legitimate like reason. Like an affidavit or something. Yeah, that says there's a legitimate reason why you don't have an ID. I see. Now, okay. forgetting it at home is not a legitimate reason. Uh, I see. I see. And they can't question what you say the reason is. They can't do anything. Okay. You, you just sign the form. And at that point, then you will be allowed to vote. If you have like an ID that you should be able to get, they may allow you to vote and do the provisional ballot. So you have to show up within six days with your ID I to see. prove who you are. Okay. Uh, now those laws are changing every time it goes back to court because it's oh. it's in court actively, et cetera. <laughs> so what I just said was for the last election may not be for the next, but probably <laughs> will be. So you know, the key is if you if you've decided you want to vote and there's a problem then you need to go attack it. Uh, I will tell you that if you're in Texas and you see people working the polls for candidates, especially a candidate you particularly like, if you still haven't been allowed to vote, go tell them. Okay, so... Okay, so my experience has been that most of the time, um, you know, trans people uh, um, are afraid that... Uh, if they go vote, they're going to be outed or um, maybe they have an unpaid parking ticket. And if they go vote, then, um, you know, they're running the risk of being arrested and thrown into a men's jail cell, um, those kinds of things. Possible, not very likely on the arrest. The outed part, there's press there all the time. It's, you know, an open poll. So who knows what will be said? The fact is, Unfortunately, you may have to fight some to vote, but you need to do it. No, so and I'm not talking physically. I'm talking <laughs> <laughs> pursue your right to vote because it is a right, and that's the key. Okay, so yeah, so I let's say I go, I give them um, a, a, a driver's license, and it says Jim Bob Jones, and I look like Jane Doe. Hasn't seemed to bother him with and, me. And and they say. <laughs> Well, I need your license. Uh, you know, one of the problems is we can't have two pictures on the license. And I have found that depending on where you are, like if you're in Houston, go to West Gray, you'll have no trouble. Uh, okay, West Gray, that's... Uh, that's one of the voting locations always. It's, oh, that's... And that's if, oh, okay, gotcha. And it, uh, that's here in the Montrose, That's here it? in the Montrose area. Oh, okay. And the reason you won't have any problem is because there's going to be news people outside the entire time, <laughs> and nobody wants to get into that mess. Uh, okay, and so is early voting still a thing? Absolutely, and you should early vote always because okay. you can vote anywhere in Texas. Now, some states that's not the case, but, but in Texas... Uh, generally, early voting, you can vote at, at any polling place. Now, there are some places in Texas that have done what I would consider profound uh, voter suppression. They've gone down from like 50 precincts to just a couple, and you have to mm -hmm. drive. You know, Texas is really big. You right, can be in your right. own county, and you still have to drive, you know, 100 miles to vote. Right, right, and, and then stand in line for eight hours. Generally, the line isn't the problem. It's just getting there. Right. I think the longest I, I, so this last election where um, it was for, you know, the electing Trump, 
Um, I went to West Gray, and I think that I stood in line for maybe 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the line was snaking out the door, out out around the building, out uh, to the side of the building. It was an enormous line. That means you probably voted the first or second day of early voting. Yes. And the reason for that, which is sort of interesting, is that the uh, county clerk has Mm -hmm. to make a guess on how many voting machines they need at that location. Ah. And he guessed low. And so when it was obvious that there was an extremely long line, two days later, they doubled the number of voting machines and the line went down a lot. I see, I see. And I don't know if the county clerk cared as much as one might think, but for instance, this year, access to voting is an issue. And Mm -hmm. so I think you're going to find that this year's elections are going to have plenty of voting machines. They're going to run really smooth <laughs> because that's what the county clerk's going to be challenged on in the general election, and the county clerk knows that. And, you know, it, it's pretty clear that the challenge is going to be pretty blunt and direct, and, and he's probably going to lose because of it. <laughs> and so, so you know, a, a lot of it is the people who are in power right now and who are incumbents, they're being a little bit more careful because they're going to be attacked. Gotcha. And and the people who attack them are going to be the best of a large group of candidates. So <laughs> it, it no one's taking it, you know, mildly. I mean, this is why you're seeing all the retirements. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ted Poe, for instance, who's the incumbent for here, <laughs> oh, actually, so where, where we're sitting physically, but uh, the, the uh, U.S. representative. He looked at it. He has a total of 12 people running against him. They're raising more money than he is. This was not going to be a fun race for him. You know, what he's used to is one person running against him on the Democratic side who's colorful but not particularly overly effective who's going to raise like 2% as much money as Ted Poe does and still do fairly well, I might add. Well, that person is running. Um, and, 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 there's another eight or nine people running and and they have raised some real money (laughs) and so poe decided you know this would be a good time to take my retirement and and leave hang up my my badge my gun yeah the whole bit if if you don't know poe's stories that doesn't mean much but yeah exactly that and 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 i think that's what's happened to several people and and we have a couple people that retired obviously because they know the entire election they're going to be talking about their sexual exploits which may or may not Uh be all that great and so they're they're like you know i think retirement's a good thing to do and and i think this is wonderful personally it's like yeah leave just let them fight it out Hmm. okay so well thank you guys for um being here i i I, it was like two degrees here well it wasn't two degrees but it was certainly (laughs) Hey, that's really, that's really, really cold I, for Houston. I saw 21, the, which yes. was cold. The, the city that's, shut down. That was a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I there, I, I literally saw ice on the window whenever I went out this morning. That's a big deal here in Houston, Texas. And just think if someone's listening in Minnesota, they're like, <laughs> <Yes>. these wimps. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. It was. But I, you're invited I had, down any August you want to I check the other out. I had to turn <laughs> on my heater to get the ice off the window, uh, which happened. And, uh, you know, that was a huge inconvenience for me. I had to sit there for maybe five minutes while the ice melted. And then I just drove away on clear streets. 
episode that was very, very traumatic for me personally. And so that's, that's what I had to do to get here to do this podcast. And it was very, very difficult. Yeah, okay. But there's nobody <laughs> on the freeways. Everybody stayed home. <laughs> I mean, I actually like driving this kind of weather because my car has seat heaters. It's the only time that it's reasonable to use them. I loved how everyone was pulling out their little devices as to what they were using to wash their uh, their little pads of ice on their windshield. Like it was a big deal. They had they had barbecue uh, spatulas, tamale scrapers, and I don't know who it was on the news, but this lady said, "I all I had was a lotion bottle," and I'm like, "That's just making us look bad." I mean, during Harvey, we pulled out all the stops during, during the like this is. A horrible follow-up during harvey i mean we're like we we got this we're, we're in we're our element flooding and, heat. flooding and heat <laughs> flooding and heat <laughs> hurricanes we can do a tenth of an inch of snow oh yeah. no 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 we're we paralyzed. have to stay in forget it forget it i think the most reasonable reasonable person on uh social media was like let's be honest what are you binging on right now like if you just can't leave if you can't leave your house we all know you're watching something you know well um, you know, I, I'm glad we do not have the flu, or at least full-blown flu anymore. I, I've got a little bit of a cough, strain. but um, yeah, no kidding. So thank you all for being here. We'll see you again next week. This post-flu apocalypse edition of the Trans Advocate podcast was produced by Kristen Williams. All rights reserved. The Trans Advocate is a project of the Transgender Foundation of America, a 501c3 nonprofit. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official position of the Trans Advocate or the Transgender Foundation of America. Even if those views and opinions might be deemed to be highly exceptional and worthy of your support at patreon.com slash transadvocate.